I must admit, in my sporting resume, boxing is a bit of a, a black hole. I, I have never spent a lot of time watching boxing or my boxing history knowledge. I think part of that is just how boxing has more or less faded from the center of the sporting universe, perhaps in my lifetime as a 31-year-old. It used to be, I know, a, a really big deal, but uh, it is still a very, very big deal to a lot of people. I understand that. And uh, we're going to talk about boxing now. And one man's journey through the seedy underbelly of 90s heavyweight boxing, as written by Nick Thompson for Vice, his story about one such boxer and how he's been, well, taken all over in his life and right now is in prison. And uh, Nick joins us now. Nick, thanks for joining us today. Hey, Christian. Thanks for having me. I don't want to blow up the story too much because I want people to go read it. Uh, great work at The Vice. But just uh, if you could, just the cliff notes on on who Tim Anderson is. Yeah, I'll try and be brief because I have a tendency to talk for ages about this article. Um, so Tim was a good kid, grew up in Chicago. He had Crohn's disease when he was a kid. His sister... Um, became a quadriplegic at the age of 16. Uh, Tim was a talented athlete. He was a great pitcher in baseball. Um, he was playing for the Cubs. Well, sorry, he was in the Cubs kind of system, but he had surgery on his pitching arm uh, when he was a teenager, so he didn't quite have enough zip in his basketball. Um, he could still throw junk balls and stuff like that. So he was never really going to fully make it. Um during his teens, he also boxed, and I think he won a couple of um, or three Golden Gloves awards, which is like a prestigious um, amateur boxing tournament in um, in the US. He was playing for uh, the Cubs minor league team, one of their minor league teams down in Florida, and boxing at the same time. And the Cubs found out and kind of gave him an ultimatum, essentially, boxing or baseball. And he figured there's no future in baseball for him. So he chose boxing and he was a cruiserweight naturally. So that means less than 200 pounds between 175 and 200 pounds. And he won more than he lost, but he wasn't, you know, he wasn't going to be a champion. I don't think. Um, and anyway, he eventually met uh, Rick Parker. Do you want me to talk about Rick Parker? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Uh, so, yeah, he met Rick Parker in Florida, I think, in the late 80s. Rick had uh, the gift of the gab. He was a pool shark when he was a kid. Rick was from, I think, Missouri. Um, Rick was obsessed with Elvis. So his middle name, uh, you know, his, his nickname was Elvis. He styled himself on the king, dressed like him, talked like him. Um, he was also obsessed with Don King, the boxing promoter. Um, and Rick was a flim-flam man, I think I've heard him um, called. He had a door-to-door -door cleaning solution company, which was wildly successful, and he used the money he got from that to start promoting rock concerts. But obviously, he wanted something more, and he was obsessed with Don King, and the story goes that he met Don King on a flight, and King said, the real money's in boxing, um, especially if you can get a great white hope heavyweight, and obviously this, this is the 80s. Um, Rick wanted to make a move into boxing. He had him and Tim had a mutual acquaintance. They're introduced and they made a deal essentially 
Tim would introduce Rick to the boxing world and help him build a stable of fighters. And in return, Rick would, would promote Tim's career up at heavyweight. So he wanted him to uh, bulk himself up and be a heavyweight because that's where the money is. And they would share all earnings on all shows 50-50. That, that was the plan, but that, that, that's not how it worked. And so this is a, a promising young boxer that you, you tell the story of and how he ends up killing Parker. Yeah, well, yeah, he, he he ended up killing him, but it's because, I mean, Rick was mistreated. Sorry, Tim was mistreated by Rick terribly, really, throughout his whole career. And the thing is, they were good friends. They were complete diametrically opposed people. Tim's a lovable, friendly guy, been described as like a puppy dog, really. And Rick, um, you know, very calculated, smart guy, very talkative, but you know, a true con man, like a true con man. Um, he didn't really pay Tim. Like, Rick didn't really pay Tim any of that money that he was owed. And he didn't really look after his interests as a fighter. I mean, for, for Rick, Tim was a conduit to something greater because Rick eventually found his great white hope in Mark Gastineau of the Jets, and he paid a number of Gastineau's opponents to lose because allegedly Rick had an agreement with George Foreman's manager that if Gastineau made it to 12-0, and zero, he could fight Foreman uh, while Foreman was making his comeback. And there was a lot of money in that fight. Um, Gastineau got to 9-0, and 9-0, and, and Rick needed an opponent for Gastineau uh, for this live fight on something called Tuesday Night Fights in Florida. And so Rick turned to Tim. He offered to pay Tim all the money he was owed, which I think was $173,000, if he took a dive. Um, but Tim didn't take a dive. Instead, he beat Gastineau up live on TV in that fight. Um, Rick thought the Foreman fight could still happen as long as Gastineau beat him in a rematch. So in the rematch in Oklahoma, where there wasn't a boxing commission and it wasn't televised and hardly anyone was there because it was a blizzard, it's alleged that Tim was poisoned as he was waiting for Gastineau um, in the ring. Tim was made to wait 45 minutes in the ring and was drinking water out of cups that tasted sweet. And he didn't know his corner men that night. His usual guy didn't uh, show up. Uh, Tim was eventually knocked out in the sixth round, but he was hallucinating throughout the fight. Um, Tim was way fitter for that second fight. And, and by rights, he shouldn't have. He should have, it should have been easier for him that time than the first fight. It should have been even easier. And yet, he wasn't himself. And obviously, he's hallucinating and he eventually gets knocked out. Um, his health was kind of destroyed by that. Uh, a doctor at the time thought that he was probably poisoned. He'd vomited so much, and that's maybe why he didn't die. But he was poisoned and his, his health was wrecked. And... He was told later by another doctor, look, you're dying. You kind of need to find out what you were poisoned with. Otherwise, you're going to die. And sorry, and then that leads to, yeah, that leads to the hotel room, right? So Rick, um, Rick clearly is the guy. You, you think Rick is the guy that did the poisoning, right? It was in Rick's interest for Tim to lose that fight. Tim comes up with a situation to get Rick back in Florida because this is years later now. Rick's been driven out of boxing um federal agents were on to him because he, he was he was fixing fights on a on a massive scale 
um, Tim said, oh, I'm writing a book all about boxing. I want to I want to speak to you for it and I'll, I'll pay you $45,000. And Rick heard the money and, and came. And Tim had a gun on him because, sorry, Tim had a gun on him because Rick always had a gun on him. And he had he always had um, bouncers, essentially. He always had security because he, he never paid his fighters. So he was he was paranoid. And so Tim was encouraged to bring a gun to him with him to this hotel room. And Tim was going to pretend to be interviewing him for um, the book all about boxing. And then he was going to switch and actually ask him, like, what, look, what, I need to know what was in the poison. And that's what he did. Um, and Rick didn't know. Rick, Tim, would, Tim says that Rick conceded that, yeah, you were poisoned, but he didn't know what's in it. And Tim kind of was defeated and sat down. And then Rick got angry because Rick could get angry. And he, by the way, he's like over 300 pounds, heavy set dude. And Rick um, basically said, just for that stunt, your sister's dead. Your, the sister is in uh, quadriplegic, Erin. Um, and Erin had two daughters as well that Rick would re regularly threaten. And Tim, you know, has the gun on him. He, Tim would argue, Tim would say that he blacks out and he, in that blackout, essentially, he shoots Rick between 11 and 13 times with this um, handgun. And he, he would have had to have reloaded twice. Um, and then he turns himself in and so I sorry, he tried to actually kill himself, but the gun malfunctioned bizarrely twice, and then he gave himself in to the police. It's an incredible story. Unfortunately, we have to leave it there, Nick. I appreciate your time on this. The story, uh, you can find it at vice.com. Poison, bribes, and murder in the seedy underbelly of 90s heavyweight boxing, as well as uh, uh, Tim's drive to to try and get in front of the clemency board. So it's a great article, and I, I would advise anyone to, to go and read it if they've got some time. It's, it's a long one, but it's a good one. Nick, thanks for the, the story, and uh, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Christian. Nick Thompson, writer for Vice. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.